totally useless information with Nick and Roy is brought to you in part by Manmade, quality essentials for men, boxer briefs, t-shirts, socks, and soap. Manmade, the official boxer brief of Nick and Roy. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. What is the most common mineral on earth? Why was Leonardo DiCaprio's haircut in Titanic banned in some countries? This is season seven of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. Plus, we'll answer your mailbag questions and in the news, don't touch my fries. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. We really thank you for joining us. We have a very special guest we'll talk about in just a moment. We have lots of great stuff. Plus, we give you a chance to win underwear. A chance for you to win man-made boxer briefs here on Totally Useless Information. The best briefs in the world, and Nick and I can contest to it. We've been wearing them. They sent them to us. They are amazing. Man-made brand, men's underwear. you got to go to man-made brands and, and What's the website, Nick? Go to nickandroy.com. You click, we have a link. We made it easy for you. Go to nickandroy.com, click on the link, and you'll be able to see what the fuss is all about. Nick and Roy, standing under a street lamp. Fogs as thick as peanut butter. They're talking totally useless, I tell you. Useless information about the movies. <laughs> Well, we're really excited once again here on Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. We thank you very much for joining us week after week. We're amazed by how many people come back for more Totally Useless Information, Roy. And I know, and we have the guests. I mean, we have some great guests on the show, and today is no exception. We have Eric Raditz. He is the founder of the or co-founder we'll we'll get into that of the fort myers film festival down in fort myers florida which is in southwest florida it's an amazing film festival it's fantastic and and he's come on the show and this thing has become a, a major event down here so uh, welcome to the show thanks Roy. i mean you know I want to make sure you know I'm the founder of the Fort Myers Film Festival and the co-founder of the Naples Film Festival. So we can get into that later, but not that it matters because they both are doing so well. But Fort Myers, obviously, we are super excited this year as to the films that are coming in our 13th year in Southwest Florida. That's the first time I actually met you was back in 2008. I remember it well in the studios above uh, the Nissan dealership where you guys were trying to set up the Naples Film Festival. And at that time, I remember there was someone who told me, you know, if you ever get into trouble in town, uh, be sure to just bring up the name Roy Lacasio. Yeah, and, it gets, uh, it, I, got, I got some pull. I think yeah. so, I'm pretty sure you do. Yeah, you I, do. And, not... and the doctor told you to stop doing that, but it's okay. I know, I'm going to go blind. So what you guys are telling me, based on what I just heard the last few moments, is that uh, Florida is, is one of the hubs of making movies. Is that correct? I don't know if I'd put it. I, I know that it's a place where people like to make movies. The truth is the incentives that the state of Florida offers right now, do, they do not compete with uh, other markets like Georgia, uh, who's giving, I, th I believe, a 30 to 35 per percent credit if, if it's being produced in Georgia. So uh, to be honest with you, the films that are being made in Florida uh, are, are fewer than the ones that are being made in places uh, even like our near next door neighbor, Georgia, because of the lack of incentives. Now, we're, as a film festival, we're seeing films and promoting and encouraging films in Florida, and we're, we are seeing them, um, but they're not getting the, the, the tax incentives. So, you know, big pictures like Guardians of the Galaxy, for example, you know, uh, where are they going to film? Uh, well, Georgia says, you know, if it's a if it's a hundred million dollar project, uh, we're going to give you 35 million. Uh, so it's a no brainer for some of the bigger studios to go to places that aren't Florida, actually. But there is a market and there's a good independent film market. There's certainly a good independent film festival market in Florida. I hope that answers your question. I was going to I was going to say that, you know, Florida is more, I think, independent than big budget films. And Nick, you know that you've got that Hollywood in Canada. Hollywood North. 
Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it's really remarkable as, as wonderful as a city, cause I'm in Toronto, Canada and as wonderful as the city is and scenic and all the wonderful places that you can shoot all kinds of movies. Um, a lot of, uh, filmmakers come up here and pretend that Toronto's a different city. Like Chicago yeah. is usually the go-to. It looks, it looks like Chicago, or even New York for that matter. So sometimes I'm walking in downtown Toronto, just outside the radio station where I work and uh, I'll see uh, yellow taxi cabs, New York city taxi cabs. I'm like, did I, I make a wrong left somewhere on Young Street because you know what's funny, Eric. In New York, you go like you go when they're filming in Toronto and they want to make it look like New York or Chicago. All they do is put a couple more homeless and some garbage in the street, and it looks just like New York. <laughs> exactly, we're, we're imitating the United States. And the technology is there now, and you can find places where you can you can shoot for less or get more of a of a of a of a, of a kickback a credit. But you know the the film festival industry. Uh, that that we're talking a little about is is different in that is an international film festival. Uh, we do see um, you know films from all over the world. We have uh, Eric Raditz on the line with us. He is the uh, what was the director. The, the, he's the guy in charge of the Fort Myers. He's film the founder. Festival. Yeah, the founder. The, have you always been involved in the arts? What, when did you get the art bug? Oh, thank you for asking. What a nice question. That's not going to be totally useless information, but sure having said that, it might might be totally useless. But uh, I think as a young child, you know, I watched my dad, who was a photographer in the army. Uh, you know, my mom was a dancer. Um, they both had an interest in the arts, and I took an interest probably first in uh, photography. I was a young paper boy in Chicago, passing the Chicago Tribune around the neighborhood. Uh, which I wish kids could do today because it gave me a sense of uh, work ethic. And then, uh, you know, I'd also be reading the newspaper. And I thought to myself, this is great. And I took an interest in the, how, how people could write the story, could photograph for the story, uh, could um, uh, the, the comic strips. You know, we have uh, illustrators and uh, graphics illustrators who are illustrating many of the stories. So, you know, I, I probably, you know, I, I took violin. I was, I, I took some drum lessons and, um, so all across the board at some point, uh, I, I remember enjoying music. I remember enjoying good movies. I remember enjoying um, the satisfaction of, of photography and darkroom photography. And at some point that led to more visual journalism, uh, getting involved with uh, not just photography, but, uh, you know, storytelling, uh, web design, mm -hmm. web design presentation, filmmaking, and, and so on and so forth. So again, was that totally useless? Maybe. But there well, it is. My question was, was it because your mom was a dancer that you became a Chippendale dancer? Oh, I didn't know we were going there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, is that true? Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. I don't think Roy is kidding here. I, were you a Chippendale dancer? There, there is no information online that would no, that would he was that would in prove a Chippendale cartoon. Ever... He was in a Chippendale cartoon. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm Chip. I'm Dale. We're yeah. just a couple of crazy rascals out to have some fun. See, there you go. We, we, we can just sit back and have Eric sing all the uh, cartoons. I am not. A, I am not. I am not a male dancer, but I have played one on a date from time to time, and I could be persuaded. <laughs> I think Roy could persuade me. Let's go back to your photography days when you said you were in a dark room. Roy knows a lot about dark rooms. He just oh, so high school. <laughs> You know. It's when the light goes on that you realize who you're with, you know? <laughs> but with the lights off, we all look the same, Roy. That's right. You mean you keep your eyes open? Uh, so, Eric, uh, how does all of that background, I ask you for a reason, so you're, you're part of the arts, basically your whole childhood, and you deliver the paper. I was a paper boy once. Oh. I, you're right. It's a great experience. I used to deliver the New York Post because I grew up in New York. Roy, really? did you ever have a newspaper route at all, all the other things you've done? But um, I, I didn't learn to read until I was around 35. So <laughs> I was going to exactly. say, do you, read it, do you read it all now, Roy? <laughs> yeah, Although exactly. Bugle, what was it? Beetle Bailey and <laughs> Dick Tracy. Hagar <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the Horrible. Yeah, he, he thought Dick Tracy meant something totally different, uh, which is probably, and we'll reveal this now on Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy, that was his Chippendale name, Dick Tracy. <laughs> this film festival, we're really excited. So as it turns out, I will be down in Florida when this film festival happens and I was going to ask you this question like are there any A-list uh, celebrities but then again Roy and I will be there so the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say we got Roy Lacasio. Yeah. So do you have any, does your film festival attract any A-listers? 
at it's this starting point. to it's starting okay. to i hate Great. to promise them you know we're still in the selection we have an extra revealed uh this year's uh, it's you know in may so um but there are but there are rumblings and we have had celebrities uh you know come through in the past and to be honest with you i like that there's interest in the celebrities and having said that because that does bring people out but also a lot of times people who are just looking for celebrity aren't necessarily looking for um the films that you know i would rather see a good independent film and i will go on record as saying that there will there, there's stronger films that will be playing in this year's Fort Myers film festival than that, than that, you will, that you will want to see again you know, and, 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 and so there are, will be celebrities. Let's face it. The Academy Awards is literally about looking at the stars, what they're wearing, all this. They have actually yeah. lost, they've lost sight of the fact that this is about film. It's not about well, pomp and circumstance, you know? Well, and it's part of this. It's part of the appeal, I think, is and, and they're living in a different world. Like if you live in Los Angeles, if you're part of this community, if you're part of the Oscars community, it's a little emperor's new clothes, though. I think you're right. And what I, what I want to give them credit for, Roy and Nick, is they do elevate the standard of the discussion and recognize those who are involved with the movies and arts and acting. So here's what I think we should do. Eric is probably going to emcee a portion of this film festival. Right. So as he's speaking, I'm going to get up, walk on the stage and smack him in the mm -hmm. face. Right. Like what's his yes. name did. And we'll get yeah, some publicity. We'll, we'll get some publicity from it. We'll have some fake security guys grab me and pull me back. And yeah, what do you think? Oh, Eric? What do you mean? I'm going to have some real, I'll some real security guys. Uh, <laughs> and I have to press charges. Yeah. And being Canadian, I'd apologize for him doing that. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's totally useless information with Nick and Roy. I'm Nick. He's Roy. And we have uh, Eric Raditz on the line with us. He's the guy in charge of the Fort Myers. He's the founder. Festival. Now, now, here's the thing that I love about the Fort Myers Film Festival that mm -hmm. a lot of film festivals used to do, but most don't do anymore. Their, their selection process is very secretive. But what Eric does is on Mondays, he shows films to people. So the people, people that actually come to this arena theater type setting, mm -hmm. they watch these films and, and they can vote on them and give their feedback on them. And what that does is not only does it help in the process of picking the, the films that, that are in the festival, but it also gives the people a good sense of real independent films. And I'm talking about some of these films are made for, I, I think my film, which was, I think your first film festival was your first year. My film was made for $7,400 and it was a full length film. And I have to say, I think Eric said, marvelous, wonderful, amazing a stroke of genius. I think that's what he said about my film. <laughs> yeah, let's not put words in his mouth. Yeah, I know. I know. I said something about. I know. I said something about Roy being a, a, a stroke, but I don't know if I had said genius or. Yeah, something. he su he suffered a stroke when he saw the film. Is that what it was? I think it's exactly what it was. No, what what I'm disappointed though is that I'm not seeing any more films from you, buddy. Oh, How can well, we I haven't. I have. I have two scripts. I have a horror that is really bad. That if yeah. I give it to you, it, you're going to have me looked at. And, um, oh, and so then, then I have a film that requires an enormous budget because it happens across the entire country called Crime Spree, and it is a funny comedy and and it's real good. And I'm, yeah, that's a funny one. You'll love. I it. I want to read it. Send it my way. I've been reading more scripts. Yeah. Uh, I've been reading more scripts in 2023 than I've ever before. Some really good stuff is, is up there. So on that, yeah. when you read a script, let me ask you this. So uh, what is, take us the pro to the process of how it works. So you read a script, uh, do you read it cover to cover, or do you read the first few lines and go, oh, yeah, this is going to make it, or you jump to the middle of it? How, what is your process to uh, reading a script and saying, yeah, this is something I want to put uh, my name and money When behind. they put a $100 bill in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> In each hand, what is the process? Well, I mean, for well, you know, for me, I, I've I mean, I've been in, involved in various aspects of films, uh, and um, including executive producer and producer, and you know, actor and writer and uh, screen su script supervisor, etc. So, so, so I'm not always looking at it to invest. Sometimes I'm looking at it as in a collaborative process 
uh, we'll kick back, you know, feedback as to what, you know, I'm seeing. Um, I'm, I'm generally going to be very honest though, with the script. Um, I, I, I don't solicit them. Um, so if someone's handing me a script, it's probably because one, they're a friend and it's also two, they respect my opinion. So three, I'll likely read the whole script. I love reading scripts and then offering some sort of feedback. But if you're, if you're, if you're going to ask me about the process of what it takes for that script to go from someone who like me, who's reading it to someone investing, you know, $190 million. I don't know if I have that for this show to explain. Uh, I'm not going to pretend that I do. Uh, okay. But I will say that um, every, every project starts with the script. So you, you have to have them. And, and if you are working with the right crew, if you're, you're, you're um, a lot of times I'm seeing pockets of folks who would have a lot of respect um, and, and, and are looking to see what their next project should be. And a lot of people are, are performing a script writing uh, for the, and being, being paid for it for the sheer, for the absolute purpose of, of, of a finished product in mind. Um, but for me, the, the ones I've been reading this year have been a, a variation of all of those. And it's, it's fun. I mean, I love to read. I, and I love to see, you can kind of see a person and you kind of see a film. Uh, I actually used to go through a phase where I would study scripts of my favorite movies. I don't know if you've ever done this, but there's websites where you can find your movie and then see what it looked like. Uh, and I think I first did it with When Harry Met Sally back in the day. And I was like, what did, what did uh, Nora Ephron, what, what did she, how did, how did the, her script look like, you know? And, you know, and, and it's, it's fun to see how some of the classics uh, play out and just how important it is to have the right actor and actress and just how important it is to have the right director and the right cinematographer. It all comes uh, down to having a good full team, someone who's, um, you know, the captain of the ship who's sailing in the right, uh, taking in the right direction. And, but it all starts with someone with a creative idea who's like, like Roy here in his script and it gets to the right people. Mm. Um, and next thing you know, uh, it's a classic. Well, <laughs> classic. <laughs> See, and now I have to add the word classic. But you left out editing. Classic. You left out editing. Yeah. And, and to me, editing sure. was one of the things. And when I made when I made the film, editing was one of the things that I had no clue about. I didn't understand the whole principle behind adding the sound and the foley, which is the noise when your feet are walking or a door closes. That's all added in after. Yeah. It, it, it really is amazing. That was one of the things that I had for, for the show. Did you, you everybody seen the movie Rocky Three, right? Where where he fights Apollo Creed mm -hmm. and he fights Clubber Lang. Nick, you've seen it. You're a yes, Canadian. Sir. I don't know if you've seen big movies. Yeah, we have there. movies up. Yeah, we yes, yeah. Yeah, movie theaters. Okay. They repaired so, the eight millimeter camera. Go on. <laughs> so, so in Rocky Three, <laughs> at the end at the end of the movie, Apollo Creed gives Rock because Rocky wears yellow and black shorts or gold and black, whatever you call it, one you call. It. And in the end of the movie, Apollo Creed gives gives Rocky his colors, which are red, white, and blue shorts. He says, "These are the shorts I wore when I fought you." Oh, yeah. And of course, and of course, Rocky says, hey, "Apollo, I can't wear your colors, right?" So, and he goes, "Yeah, no, you got to wear them." But if you watch the film closely, you'll notice that when he's fighting Club Lang in the beginning of the film, he's actually wearing those shorts, and it goes from yellow shorts to red, white, and blue shorts and yellow shorts to red, white, and blue shorts because the editor made a mistake and he put in the wrong scene and nobody caught it. And it happens about three times, which is really, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Editing is, is really important. You know, you've got a real eye for those kind of details. Uh, Roy, I'm impressed. And there are people who are, uh, who, who oversee supervision of those details on every good film. And if, if you miss one, uh, it becomes an interesting factoid and- uh, Or useless pretty, information. I, useless information, yeah. which is why we have it on our show. Wait, I got another useless. one for you, a biggie, a real biggie. And this one killed it for me because I'm a car lunatic. And one of my favorite cars is the old 956 Porsche, the one like uh, James Dean died in, the little speedster. Yeah, that one. In, in the movie 48 Hours, Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy star in 48 Hours. And in that movie, I forget if it was drugs or money were placed inside the Porsche, inside the front of the Porsche, which the engine, of course, is in the rear. And the Porsche was in a parking garage and it was full of dust like it had been sitting there for years. They find it. 
towards the end of the film. But again, because I hate myself for noticing all this crap, in the beginning of the film, I see this dirty, filthy Porsche Speedster going down the road. And I'm like, oh, wow, look at that, a Porsche Speedster. Guess what? It was an editing mistake. The Ooh. car that really sews the whole film together at the end is actually shown in the beginning of the film as a B-roll oh. of just cars in the street. Really? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, I know. So this wasn't a mistake, but uh, we all uh, have seen Titanic how many times, right? And uh, that uh, that scene with Jack and uh, and Rose where they're in that room and he says, take off your clothes, I want to sketch you. And then he, he does a sketch in the charcoal. We remember that scene. Yeah, Nick did that, tried that in high school with girls, but go ahead, Nick. Yeah, exactly, and they told me to put away the charcoal. But anyway, what happened was, um, I don't think anybody realizes, like, was that re really Leonardo DiCaprio that, that drew that sketch? It wasn't. You think, well, that's no surprise, but you know who did draw the sketch of Rose? It was the director himself, James Cameron. He drew the charcoal naked Kate Winslet. Really? Did you know that, Eric? No. And that's totally. about as useless as can be. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why, Eric, on the show, we say listen, laugh, and learn. I, I would say, all I would say to that, Roy, is paint me like one of your French ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, that haircut that, that Jack had, it was banned in some countries because they didn't want, uh, you know, the, the haircut that reminded people of Western cultures, apparently. So some countries didn't, like, they banned that scene wherever you saw that, that haircut that Leonardo DiCaprio wore. Something about that haircut that you might not know is uh, James Cameron gave him that haircut. Did you know that? I just made that up. That's <laughs> that, that's great. See, I like that. You know what else, too? What pisses yeah. me off about that movie? Rose yeah. is on this door. She's a pretty skinny little girl. Why the hell couldn't she say, Jack, just come on the door with me? Oh, now that's been uh, recently, uh, James Cameron did actually a, uh, I, I don't know the whole story, but it's been such a controversy, Roy, that he actually did a test to see if it was possible that the two could actually be on that or not. And I forgot what he concluded, though. I've done things on top of a door with women that I don't oh, even boy. want to speak about. <laughs> yeah. And they all had that. <laughs> and you know what? After that experience, they had a sinking feeling as well. Oh. And scene. Eric, we can't thank you enough. Eric Raditz, the um, co-founder of the Fort Myers Film Festival. Thank you very much for joining us. If on you're listening to our voices, Go to the Fort Myers Film Festival and go on. What is the website? Uh, find us at uh, fortmyersfilmfestival.com. And that's uh, all of social media as you can find us. And find us right here in the heart of Fort Myers, uh, May we'll, 17th through 21st. And we'll also oh, put awesome. a link up on our website. This way you go to nickandroy.com as well. Eric, thank, thank you again. We'll, we'll talk soon. It was nice to meet you, man. And I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. <laughs> Lots of fun. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Roy. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, Eric. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Totally useless information with Nick and Roy is what you're listening to. We thank you very much for listening. 67 countries around the world. We are truly excited and actually humbled by your loyalty. So thank you very much for that. Plus, it just goes to prove that people have nothing better to do than listen to Nick and Roy. And go to NickandRoy.com and go to the Nick and Roy store mm -hmm. because we've got the newsletter now. I mean, we're going nuts, folks. We're all over the place. But the newsletter is awesome. It's not like the show. Nope. It's the, it's like personal stuff, and it's really cool, and it really is great. And also, don't forget the birthday messages, which we can't. We Nick and I really are don't have enough time anymore. But we are doing these birthday messages like crazy, and we try to do each one individually. These are not. This is not like one template thing. We do each one individually, mm -hmm. and we really make it special for that person. So nickandroy.com. Well, coming up on the 200th episode, we'll have a very special one for that. Plus, we have lots of exciting stuff coming your way. If you are, if you sign up for the newsletter, okay, it's 19.95 for 12 months. But if you order a birthday message or an anniversary message, we'll give you a complimentary 12 issue, 12 issues for free because you ordered a birthday message, and we'll have some exclusive content coming up. We'll tell you all about that. So we'll we have more stuff here to do. So we'll tell you more. Stay tuned to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. Science, science, science. Now, the Pacific Ocean. 
Okay, that's mm-hmm. the the ocean that's on the west coast of the United States, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and it leads into Asia and Japan, right? Okay, the Pacific Ocean. Yes. There are three C's, like the letter C, not S-E-A, but it's three C's in Pacific Ocean. Okay, and those two words are three C's. Each one of those C's are pronounced differently. The letter C is pronounced three different ways in Pacific Ocean. Oh, one is a ick, and one is a shun, and one is an S. So a Pacific Ocean. Three different wow. ways. The letter C is pronounced three different ways in the Pacific Ocean. That is really useless. <laughs> totally useless. <laughs> well, thank goodness we named the show I'll that. I'll tell you the truth, Nick. It belongs on the show. I, I will tell you that. <laughs> this one's a keeper for sure. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one, I, you know, I mean, I wouldn't tell them my friend that, but. You know, <laughs> but, but thanks a lot for telling it to me. <laughs> and the rest of our friends all over the world, you're very welcome, everyone. Oh, my God. Okay, ready? Here's another Here's another whacked out one. 43% of the human body is made up of cells. You know, that makes sense, right? Yes, Skin yeah. cells, organ cells, yep. bone cells. Yep. But that's only 43% of us. Oh. The other 57% is made up of bacteria, fungus, and viruses. Oh, lovely. Okay, so 57% is bacteria, fungus, and viruses. I got a, I got a, a, a news for Anthony Fauci. I wish I had those masks when we were in high school. I could have wore them as a G-string. <laughs> yes. <laughs> some still do. Could have made some money dancing at the Chippendales, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like uh, Eric. Eric. That's right. He's exactly. No, yeah. he really wasn't yeah. a Chippendale dancer. I mean, you teased him with that. He's not really a Chippendale dancer, is he? No, no, no. Okay. I don't think so. I, no. I, he might have been, but I don't know. Yeah. If not, then guess uh, we'll be watching the uh, Fort Myers Film Festival from the outside fences. Hey, <laughs> Slowpoke Moon. One day on the moon is longer than it is on Earth. Our lunar a day on the moon. A day on the moon is is longer than it is in a day on Earth. One. Why? Lo- well, I'm, I'm going to explain it. Hang on. Hold your horses. One uh, lunar... Now you got me interested. You stupid one before, but this one's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There are no letter C's in moon. Um, although when I pull down my pants, you see a couple of C's. Anyway, one lunar day. One big O. One big O. And speaking of underwear, we'll tell you all about man-made uh, boxer briefs for men. One lunar, oh, yeah. one lunar day lasts 29 days, 12 hours, and 44 minutes oh this that's is even longer than i thought this is measured by the time it takes for the moon to make one orbit around the earth like earth the moon also spins on its own axis but its rotation is much slower than ours so hurry up moon 29 days 12. of our days for one day on the moon that's correct so 29 days on the moon would mean that we for every one day would mean that we are five hours 180 years old yes happy birthday yeah happy birthday (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) see that was a good one nick you you, you got a reprieve that's right i've redeemed myself like a coupon ocean one yeah (laughs) like i said i've i've redeemed myself like a coupon yeah, here's my. This one's a good one, Nick. Okay. What is the most common mineral on Earth? It's found just about and everywhere in every continent, in every place, including oceans and everywhere. It is the most common, and I did not know it. So now, folks, listen in. This will get you smarter. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Wait a minute. Hold on. Grab a pen. You might want to write this one down. We'll wait. Yes. We'll wait. It's called. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a pen. Yeah. Feldspar. What? F e l d s p a r. I've heard Feldspar. that. I've heard that before. Where did I hear that before? What is that? I don't. I don't know. Feldspar is a group of um, tech tecto silicates. Sure. And when I first read it, I thought it says a, a group of testicles, <laughs> and I was like, wow. The balls on them for for me not knowing that, but 
It's not. It's a tectosilicate compound called feldspar, which makes up what we call rock. Oh, rock is not rock. We just name rock. Rock is like a generic term for everything, but rock is basically made up of feldspar, which kind of sucks because it's a good thing we didn't know that because feldspar and roll doesn't sound really good. <laughs> no, you know, I'm going to a feldspar and roll concert, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, Elvis was the king you of know. feldspar. Right, feldspar on. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Remember, remember when. Al Gore was running. What was his wife's name? Tipper. Yes. He he said Tipper Feldspar. Right. <laughs> he said Tipper Rock. Right. Yeah. Like she was cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Al and, Gore's a douche. And what? <laughs> and what's that rattling in your head? It's all the Feldspar in your head. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what? See, see, Nick, we could use this all day long. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, what, what's another now one? Now, if we could only replace the word "ocean" with feldspar, <laughs> <laughs> there's probably a lot of fels, a lot of feldspar in the ocean, the Pacific there Ocean. Is. There Both isn't. The yeah, so maybe it's uh, I'm between a uh, feldspar and a hard place. You know, I, I I just saw I turned on the TV before, and there was this beautiful uh, uh, Chevy Blazer. And at the end of the commercial, it was like like a feldspar. <laughs> <laughs> You like must, a rock, baby. <laughs> you must be this tall to be a cloud. Now, on the show in the past, we've talked about how we can weigh a cloud. We can figure out, we can approximate the weight of a cloud. I think we've talked about the weight. I think we've talked about how much water was in a cloud. Right. But we've we, talked about clouds. But we did not talk about how tall. We have not figured out a way. We have not talked about a way to to guess the height of the cloud. Nick, Nick, we have definitely not talked about it because Nick can't even get it out. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be this tall in intelligence in order for you to do this show. Either so, that or climb up on a few feldspars. That's right. That'll get you right <laughs> up there. So, all right. So, again, we, we've talked about how much a cloud might weigh. Here's how we figure out how to guess the height of a cloud. So I'm, I'm glad you guys still have your pens. You know, get your pens ready. My next, my next fact is so appropriate for the way that you're saying this one. But go <laughs> okay. ahead. Go, Here's the formula for, for figuring out how tall a cloud is. You take the current temperature in degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Subtract the dew point. Figure that out. All right. Wait, wait. Current temperature subtracted by the, the dew, dew point. point. Do you know what the dew point is right now where you are in Fort Myers? I, I, oh, yeah, sure. Of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> you multiply this but I number. can ask Google and Google will tell me okay but. so you take the uh, the temperature in Fahrenheit right. and you subtract the dew point from that and right. multiply that number by 220 this calculate by 220 yes the calculation and that's how high the cloud is. will give you an approximate height of the clouds in feet so so I'm going to do this live here, okay? So I'm in Toronto, Canada, all right? And at this time of this broadcast, uh, the dew point temperature in Toronto. All right, the <laughs> dew point is 64, okay? 64. What is the temperature right now? Uh, I don't know. By me, it's like 90, but by you, I don't no, know. No, but we'll do it by yours. So 90 minus 64. Okay, 90 minus 64. Times 220. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, thank God we can add it. What was the temperature? 90 minus 64. That gives us yeah. 26, all right? So 26 okay. times 220. The the cloud is 5,720 feet high. Wow. There you go. Wow. Take the temperature, convert it to Fahrenheit. And you know, you know folks, the best part about this whole exercise yes? is that we can't measure it any way that we want to so we got to believe nick and say he's right <laughs> so thanks but that Roy. makes sense that makes sense because you know when you're on a plane flying at an altitude of you know 1200 feet and you're in the clouds you know yeah so yeah that's yeah. me yeah yeah wait i'll wake myself up I'll go. <laughs> i was gonna say are you awake <laughs> Everybody awake out there? Nick's calculating. <laughs> I said before that, that my next uh, uh, factoid was going to be relevant to Nick 
uh, uh, presentation today. It takes six minutes for the brain to react to alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) I say... I say scientifically, it takes six minutes for the brain to react to alcohol. So wait a minute. I, if, if I take that. I started that, drinking when yeah. Nick brought up the ocean thing. I'm, I'm half in the bag now. <laughs> so if you take, so you say six minutes and you multiply that by the dew point and divide it by, that, two, two, by 220, you'll figure okay. out. <laughs> the normal person, Nick, takes six minutes. Six you minutes. maybe about an hour and a half. But six minutes. As we like to say, it takes me 90 minutes to watch 60 minutes yeah but honestly so if you take a drink yeah in six minutes your brain will react to that shot of alcohol so that's why you keep drinking because after you've had your first shot you go well I'm, i don't feel anything i don't feel the buzz well we're not normal nick so no. we drink like six shots in six minutes so <laughs> that's know, right. by the time we finish we're falling off the bar stool in like 12 minutes nick and i are on the floor listen i <laughs> i told my doctor when he asked me if i drink i said i drink now and again i'll have one now then again and again and again yeah, I, well, last night I had a bunch of drinks. I fell off the stool. I was laying on the floor screaming, if he says ocean again, I'll kill him. <laughs> it's like a drinking game. How many times can you say Pacific Ocean? You'll be just as drunk as the, as the water in the Pacific Ocean. Which... Right, so, folks, if you're going to drink, uh, you know, uh, hopefully your house is three minutes away because <laughs> yeah, uh, by... in six minutes it's going to affect you. So. Think, don't drink and drive. No. That, that I will say. Don't and drink and drive. By don't, no means. Don't drink to excess at all. No, exactly. I don't want to sound like a, a prudish person, but don't drink to no. excess unless you're in the confines of your own home naked watching um, no. uh, cartoons. No. <laughs> yeah. no. All kidding aside, we, we kid around in the show a lot, but we definitely, uh, if you do think you have a drinking problem, there are many places for you to go check out. And if you know uh, someone in your family or friends, uh, do the right thing yeah. and get yeah, them help. Big difference between social drinking and drinking all the time. And that that that's something that's you know is is close to my heart, Nick, with the drinking. Thing. Exactly. I don't like. Now here's I, I here's one like thing that's not close to your heart, but close to your well, your boys. It is time to talk about man-made boxer briefs for men. All yeah. you have to do is go to nickandroy.com. You click on the icon there. You click on the boxer briefs. You go to the website. And you are going to order yourself probably the best box of briefs you've ever worn in your life. We personally guarantee it, not because it's written anywhere. We're not doing this by a script. There's no script. We're no, telling they you from experience. became our sponsors. Yes. They became our sponsors after we wore their underwear and realized how great they were. And, and that's the truth. We, we've been wearing their underwear now for, what, seven, eight months, Nick? Yes, not the same ones. We've washed them every once in a while. Yeah, no, but I, honestly, I have about six pair of them now. I've purchased. I've purchased. They they sent me two pair. I've purchased four pair of my own. Look, we could say things on this show and, and uh, you know, oh, it's the greatest. It's the greatest. They're really that great. You have to try them. It's Go to NickAndRoy.com. Click on man-made brands. They're made of a special, like almost out of birchwood, right? It, yep. It's a modal fabric with source from beach trees. And it's apparently beach trees. Yeah, beach beach. Trees. It's, it's so cool. I I did the lawn today. It's 90 degrees out. I don't feel like I'm wearing cotton underwear, which would be which would be full of sweat and uncomfortable. Well, but they're, not, you, they're fantastic. Well, I'll tell you why, because uh, the model fabric made from beach trees is three times softer than cotton and also ultra breathable. Now, you're in 90 degree weather, as we found out, and the dew point is, my, is 36 degrees, and the cloud is 5,000 feet. But your, your uh, boys are going to be happy because the way that they've, they've designed the boxer brief is absolutely comfortable. You can wear them all day. And here's your chance for you to win a pair for yourself. Go to contest at nickandroy.com. Email us, contest at nickandroy.com. Can I enter, Nick? No, you can't. You're not eligible. <laughs> You know, I was talking to your wife the other day. She told me, you're not eligible. So, <laughs> so contest at nickandroy.com and tell us why you deserve a pair of the man-made boxer briefs, the official yeah, boxer briefs. Yeah, tell us why me. you think you would want to wear man-made brand underwear. And if we like your email, last, last week we had one that was really great. And I think that once they get the underwear, we're going to then go back to those people and ask them how they like them. Because we really want people to tell their own story about this because we're serious when we say they are the best we've ever and nick and i have been around for a while and so have our so's our junk 
It's been jumping around. It's been living out there. It's yeah, that's been, right. You know, mm-hmm. down, down, down below there, in, yeah. in a very dark, quiet, yeah. uh, damp environment. No, well, that's why I say <laughs> no more funky town for the boys. How do you get your pair? Go to nickandroy.com. Click on the man-made logo, nickandroy.com. Man-made brand boxer briefs, the official boxer brief of Nick and Roy. Now, while you're on the website, you can send us an email. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mailbag? Janet from Great Falls, Montana. She writes, Dear Nick and Roy, we love listening to your show. You guys are hilarious. And now that I'm a subscriber to your newsletter, I I feel that I know you better. Oh, you poor thing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, you can help me with my husband. Well, the newsletter, you have to admit, Nick, the newsletter has more personal stories than, than we tell on the show because you can write down things. We the, One article in our newsletter would be 20 minutes on the show. So our newsletter is not some little thing. It's, it's really good, folks. It's, it's excellent. So Janet wants us to help her with her husband. Every time my husband uses the toilet... I swear he oh must boy. he must use a mile of toilet paper. I tell really? him, I, t- I she says I keep telling him to call the Guinness Book of Records because I'm I'm sure no one uses more toilet paper than he does. No here, wonder there's mountains in Montana. There's probably right. all the toilet paper yeah, piled right. up. You know? Exactly. Here's my question: Does my husband use more toilet paper than anyone? Okay. Well, Janet, first of all. Uh, make sure that that toilet paper is dispensed from the top because that's the way it was panted, okay, people? No grabbing from the bottom. You have yeah. to have the toilet Are paper. Are you a two-ply guy, Nick, or a one-ply guy? Two-ply, two-ply. Two, you're a two-ply guy? Mm-hmm. Not me, man. I'm a one-ply guy. Yeah, that's so we've heard. Yeah. The average. No, amount... I don't like the two-ply. I Why? feel like I'm, uh, you know, uh, trying to clean with cotton balls. <laughs> I don't like that. I like a, I like a little bit of a you know. Can, can I, we, I, yeah, can we yeah. help Janet with I, her problem, please? Let, let's help Janet. Yeah, that's with her all problem. those years I lived in Russia. I like one ply toilet paper. <laughs> he stood in line for three days. The average American uses three rolls of toilet paper every week. Three, three rolls. Three rolls of toilet paper. No, the no, average American no. uses each week. Now this so is so two people use six rolls of toilet paper a week. That's correct, according to the study. Now, do you? Well, if I use two ply, I don't use as much. You better get your, your you better go to like a freaking colonoscopy there. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot going on, Nick. Yeah. According to the, this is the average American uses three rolls. So you have a lot of, you use a lot of toilet paper down there because all the crap you guys got to put up you with. You think I the imagine. Chinese use egg rolls? <laughs> they don't. They, they use, <laughs> no, they use rice paper. This that so seriously. <laughs> this excessive. You're a lying bastard. <laughs> the excessive toilet paper is affecting our forests. Okay, a report by the National Resources Defense Council described a tree-to-toilet pipeline, concluding that the consequences for all kinds of treasured wildlife and global climate are devastating. Yes. Now, here's my advice. Okay, from uh, right. Nick from Nick and Roy. I'm Nick of the Nick and Roy. Maybe you should consider a bidet. Ah, a bidet. The old piper. That's the, the old, the old, the old garden hose up the poop. Shoe. Well, here's the thing: the bidet comes from the French word meaning tiny horse. <laughs> tiny horse. It does. Like the French are really bizarre. This is Where'd because they go to Mexico. They saw that donkey show. In no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you want it to want do you want No, the reason why they call it this tiny horse because at least with standard bidets. You use them by straddling them like straddling you would a tiny over. horse. Yeah. Originally, you ever used bidets, Nick? Yes, I have. And you know what? At work, we have one of those automated toilets, and if you shift the wrong way, it becomes a very surprising bidet. It becomes a scary water fountain. Exactly. <laughs> so the bidets, uh, Janet and her husband, who uses lots of toilet paper, shame on you, is it originated in France at a time when full-body bathing was done once a week. Which it, was what yesterday? It was <laughs> invented. What's yeah. today? Yeah, that's right. It was yesterday. It was invented to cleanse. Vive la France. Vive la... That's what they say when they turn the old pooper on. <laughs> right. Vive, oh. vive la plume. Vive la France, and the water shoots out their ears. It was invented <laughs> to cleanse the private areas of the body in between regular scheduled baths. In 1750, a bidet syringe appeared. It provided an upward spray through the use of a hand pump fed by a reservoir. 
Ah, there you go. That's a nice thing to carry around in a restaurant. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to go use the restroom. Let me bring my little satchel with my poopa pump. Poopa you know? pump. And you come back. You come back. You're like, you got your rubber gloves on. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't take those off. I'm sorry. I was just hooking the pipes up and, you know, loading it up with water and giving it a good foot, giving it a good foot flush. <laughs> wow. This went dark fast. Yeah, hey, what's hey, your where did it go from? Yeah, what's my mailbag? Yeah. I'll give you my mailbag. Yeah. Margarita. Yes. From Margaritaville. Cologne. Margarita from Cologne, Panama. Okay, close. Okay, so here's the freaky thing. I'm reading this and that catches my attention because I'm going to Cologne, Panama in May. Oh. I will be there. I'll be in Cologne, Panama. So Margarita. Tell me some good restaurants. Send us an email back of some good restaurants in Cologne, Panama. I'm going to be there. I'm doing some train thing. I'm going to go see monkeys and things like that. So that nice. should be cool. Two cans and monkeys. You know, you know, Nick and I have two cans, but we have a string attached to it, and that's how we can. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but but having said that, I she says I love you you show so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love you show so much. It helped me learn English, which is perfect, and it makes us feel good because her English is horrible, mm. and and so is ours. <laughs> yeah. Which is why we're in sixty-seven countries, and some of which don't even speak English. But thank you for listening. She says thank you very so much. So she's really trying, and and I'm so happy. And she, really, honestly, she goes on to say that she listens to she listened to over a hundred some odd shows, and she continues to listen to them. And she mimics what we say to learn English, which right. is excellent, which is great. I, I didn't know. See, our show is useful for something you know, other than useless. She says, I'm now a VIP newsletter member. She says, thank you and hello from Panama. Hello. Well, thank you. And I will be down there, I think, May 5th or something. I'll be in Panama. Exactly. Right before I make my way down to Fort Myers. Today on the Panama. Today on the show, we talked about movies, a brand new topic with our friend Eric Raditz from the Fort Myers Film Festival. Check that out. We also That's going to be cool, folks. So keep that in your head. The Fort Myers Film Festival is going to be a blast. And Nick and I are going to be. Nick is coming. They're going to allow him a visa out of the the yeah. um, country of mm -hmm. Canada. Right. Is going to allow him safe passage to Florida. <laughs> so we talked about Eric Raditz about the above mentioned film festival. We talked about cars. We talked about science. It's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. A woman faced court over accusations that she tried to run down her partner down under it's in North Adelaide in Australia. After oh, an well, argument. I was going to say, I, was, I thought she was aiming. No. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. She, she tried I'll to run him over. Down under you. Somewhere. Down under and use the bidet. Yeah. Well, this, this is what happened. So this is after an argument that they had because, well, her partner claimed that, well, he took her fry. It started oh. over a chip, a French fry. Charlotte Harrison was claimed that it was an accident, that she was trying to drive to the police station but hit the wrong pedal and accelerated. That's no accident, Nick. Ex That's no accident. That's revenge. That's French fry revenge. <laughs> That's right. So she said that she hit the wrong pedal and accelerated rather than brake. So her partner, Matthew Finn, yeah. told the news that their argument had allegedly started when he allegedly, I love how they throw allegedly around, Allegedly, yeah, allegedly ask for a chip out of her chicken her out of her chicken and chips pack because she ordered a uh, chicken and uh, chips pack he said he did, did he think it was strange when she hit the pedal and screamed viva viva la frite <laughs> no <laughs> he says i thought she was finished yeah I should have asked her for that chip, so he's admitting it. See, that's one thing. Uh, uh, you know, he already know. admitted guilt. Yeah. He admitted guilt. Thanks. So Finn left the car and was walking when the alleged chase. So it was fish and chips? No, it was, uh, hold on, it was chicken and chips. Oh, chicken and chips. Yeah. So, so Finn, it's like, yeah. Finn was eating chicken. <laughs> that's right. Good thing his name wasn't Wing, because then it'd be really <laughs> confused. But go ahead. I didn't realize he was Asian. Finn left the car was walking when the alleged chase at Melbourne Street began. She came straight at me, he told police. But Harrison wow. said in her bail application she had no intention to try to harm him. 
No, she was just hungry. <laughs> Finn attended court to support Harrison, but left halfway. Uh, so he's still in love with her, no. even though she ran him over. Yeah, but then he left halfway through. Oh, oh so he realized that it's, this was this was not a, a, a one-time offense. It seems that there's other problems going on because the magistrate, I guess what they call judges, ordered a home mm. detention report. So house arrest, but Harrison will remain. He ordered in... her another thing of fries. He should have done. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he didn't even have to do it in the court. He could have just done it in a little box with the clown face. <laughs> he should have just said, "You know what? Uh, I sentence you to home uh, house arrest." Why didn't he just bang the gavel and say, "Finn, you need to spend two dollars and seventy-five cents and buy another order of fries." That's right. And make it supersized. Bang. Go ahead. Bang. Out. Done. That's right. Because, so, but Finn, but yeah. Finn gets run over, and she becomes the people are feeling bad for her. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Because he wow. should, he had no business putting his grubby yeah. paws on her fries, on her chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna try to steal some chick, no, you better not, chip. not use your fingers. Not chick chip. He didn't try to chip. I know, but she had chicken in that thing too, because right, yeah. we don't know what he got his hands on. That's right. We're not sure. That wasn't. Uh, you know, his grubby little greasy fingers were muddling around inside of all kinds of stuff. <laughs> she doesn't know. She should check. Hey, here's an inventory. <laughs> this is all the totally. We've run out of totally. This is information. This, Australia. I'm glad it wasn't Florida. You know. <laughs> well, close enough. You know, if you if you, you notice, go, you notice, folks, how Nick. Nick isn't doing Florida things in the news. You know why? Because he's coming down here and he's scared. <laughs> That's right. He's a scared. Yeah. You're a scared. Never mind. I might <laughs> even become one of these news items. Hey, thank you. <laughs> Speaking of inventory, we're out of uh, we're fresh out of totally useless information for this time. But don't worry, we will scour the internet and other sources, and our staff will as well to get totally useless information for you next week. And until then. We ask you to tell everyone you know to listen to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Go to NickandRoy.com. Click on the Nick and Roy store. Also, click on man-made brands, guys. Trust me. And ladies, for your guys, they will thank you. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy has been brought to you in part by Man-Made. Quality essentials for men. Boxer briefs, t-shirts, socks, and soap. Manmade, the official boxer brief of Nick and Roy.